Welcome to a Pro AV podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Since blockchain products and projects have become more and more ubiquitous, we invited Joseph Pitluck, CEO of Free Range Spaces, to help us make sense of the current landscape. Joseph and I are also going to talk about some of the difficulties that come with getting mainstream consumer adoption, and we're also going to talk about some of the tech's true potential. How are you doing today, Joseph? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, yeah. Happy to be here. Great. Happy to have you here. So, Joseph, to get everyone on the same page, can we talk a little bit about Free Range Spaces really quick? What does a company do and what do you do there as CEO? Or I guess, what do you not do ah, as CEO? Funny. Well, uh, Free Range actually started out as a co-working space. We went from one location to three locations in under a year. And we pivoted towards trying to find solutions for our members as far as uh, technology solutions, which then pivoted into blockchain technology. So lots of pivots there. Right. So we ended up at, at blockchain. How, how exactly did we end up there? What, uh, was this something you, you felt you were always at least remotely interested in? or? Yeah, well, so it all started out with a trip to Shanghai. I was, uh, went out to Shanghai last October to possibly look at opening a uh, co-working space out there. And I realized that a lot of the co-workers out there were, uh, they were foreigners, actually. Uh, and there's a lot of big companies out there like, like Adidas, CBRE, whatnot. And I was thinking, you know, there's kind of an easier way as far as them getting payments, uh, them being able to communicate with teams uh, in different countries. And so flying back, I was trying to figure out how, you know, how we can tie this all together. How, you know, how could technology make this easier for coworkers? And then somehow I got drifted into, uh, into blockchain tech and cryptocurrency. And it sort of was a natural progression to uh, get into the blockchain space. Was this a relatively difficult shift in, sen- in, the, in the sense that, you know, blockchain is one of those things that I think everyone's heard it, but no one really knows what it is, right? So was it a, was it kind of a, a hard shift in that, in that sense? Oh, definitely. Because we were looking at trying to do uh, smart contracts. Everybody's always talking about smart contracts all the time. And we wanted to uh, create a bunch of smart contracts that'd be easy for, let's say, remote workers to engage in employment contracts and to distribute payroll. And we, uh, as we kept digging deeper and deeper into it, we sort of realized that the technology wasn't exactly there yet. So we had to boil it down into, you know, a very, very uh, basic approach. Right. And and Joseph, as if the shift wouldn't be hard enough, right, you're also entering one of the most uh, difficult to market you know, niches, right? I think it generally people are still kind of scared about the words crypto or, or blockchain. So from a marketing approach, what was that like? Was it uh, even more of a drawing shift to also have to consider that now? There are definitely uh, huge barriers, of, you know, to entry right now at the moment. Uh, let's say for somebody to start interacting in the space, they would need to set up a, a wallet, which means they have to understand how, you know, public and private keys work. And then they also have to, uh, once they start interacting with, you know, the space, especially with decentralized apps, they already have to be able to get, you know, uh, let's say on the Ethereum network, they have to get ether in order to, uh, ex- in order to even participate, uh, transactions cost, they cost gas, they cost ether. And it's, there's so much 
learning that has to go on before you can even start interacting with it that you know the ecosystem it's still in its infancy you see the uh, number of daily active users overall with uh, let's say decentralized apps on uh, ethereum and it's it's small it's always under 10,000 people so you can imagine it, you know ethereum has 90% of the um of the of the market cap in cryptocurrencies so that's about uh Right now, as of today, I think it's about three hundred billion dollars. So you have you know three hundred billion dollars floating around, but the actual people that are in the ecosystem on a daily basis, it's you know it's less than uh, ten thousand. So it's it's actually sort of crazy if you think about it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So Joseph, what do you think is the future from the marketing angle? Do you think we're going to reach a point where people aren't scared of these phrases and people are you know using them ubiquitously? Yeah, so you know, right now the big push is uh, protocol level. Uh, still, we're still working on that uh, to actually have applications that can go mainstream. You know, we're probably I'd, I'd say a, at least a few years out on that. It's just uh, right now uh, again the technology is still in its infancy. It, it, it's patience. It's pretty much patience that we're you know we're just having to wait on it at the moment. So that's kind of a hard pill to have to swallow, right? To just have to wait for everyone else to kind of catch up. So what uh, what keeps you in the moment? What keeps you engaged and in, in looking forward and, and hungry here? It's fun just being able to interact in this space. We launched a decentralized app called This or That, which was uh, at one point we were the number five most popular decentralized app on the planet. We were able to beat CryptoKitties, which... Wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, and they had like a... You know, a twelve million dollar uh, round of funding led by Andreessen Horowitz and Union Square Ventures. You know, it's it's pretty neat that uh, a you know small team such as ours can do that. And so it's right now it's there's a lot of big players in the space. There's a lot of money out there, but it at the same time, you know, a small team, a small project anywhere can they can launch something that becomes immensely popular and a. You know, I, I find that interesting and it's extremely motivating. Yeah, that's super exciting. And, and it's cool that, you know, you're, you're genuinely passionate about that. I, I feel like that definitely has got to help. So since you've made this shift, have you been able to notice any meaningful trends that maybe someone or even you, right, when you were in the outside, didn't necessarily see from the outside looking in? You know, what are what are some big trends we're seeing in the marketplace right now? Oh, definitely. So you, you look at all ecosystem and you see all these projects that have raised money and they're all about... Let's say, uh, you know, working on supply chain on the blockchain, uh, doing AI, IoT, you know, there's a lot of ambitious projects. But then when you actually look at the decentralized apps that are commonly being used right now in this ecosystem, it's almost all games and gambling type of of decentralized apps, actually, which really? is, which is yeah. interesting. It seems like, yeah, so those are actually the most popular platforms right now. Seems like maybe there's a lot of people sitting on a lot of cryptocurrency, but they uh, don't know what to do with it. So that's sort of interesting. That's that's those are the most popular types of decentralized apps on the, in this ecosystem right now. Right, and I guess that that kind of makes sense, right? Because we we often see entertainment being the thing that pushes technology like this to to the forefront. But do you think we'll be in this, you know, kind of a, a limbo much longer? What do you think is the next, you know, practical thing that uh, consumers can latch onto that uses this kind of technology? Um, well, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a specific field. It's just in, in order for 
this to go mainstream, we need to get rid of uh, gas fees. It, it's somewhat silly. Imagine a decentralized Facebook where you'd have to, every time you click a like button, you'd have to pay 20 or 30 cents worth of cryptocurrency. So there are, they haven't, platforms have launched uh, specifically EOS. EOS, you know, talks about, uh, it's a different type of uh, blockchain ecosystem where users wouldn't have to pay fees. But then what's interesting is it actually, it's weird. The whole ecosystem is, it's all speculators at the moment hoarding RAM. And I, I can go and get into the weeds with this, but again, we're, we're just waiting for uh, a protocol that, you know, gets mass adoption from developers and is a lot easier for, for mainstream to, to adopt and to get on. So it, again, we're just having to be patient in the space at the moment. Right, right. So Joseph, my last question for you is, what do you think are some of the untapped possibilities associated with blockchain, right? Because I constantly hear specialists or people in this industry talk about how blockchain was ignored for a long time and it could be, you know, the answer or solution to some of our big problems right now in cybersecurity or, or in other realms. What do you think are some of the big possibilities associated with blockchain that we're not talking about right now? Okay. Well, my background actually is I was trained as a dentist and I've you know, been in the healthcare industry for six years. Uh, in, in private practice, I've dealt with a lot of insurance. I, I've seen a lot of the pain points that, that occur. And as far as blockchain tech, what would make sense is to launch, let's say, a decentralized uh, insurance network. Uh, to be decentralized, to be able to create a smart contract, a platform that can eliminate the middleman, that can eliminate a lot of human inefficiencies could uh, theoretically, let's say, bring the cost of premiums down quite a bit to where whoever would, would take this on would end up probably becoming a market leader because you, again, your, you know, pre, uh, your, your, your costs, your, your, your prices would uh, be lower than any traditional insurance company that's out there. And what that does is it ends up just bringing more access to care to people that who can normally not afford health insurance. Right. Just removing these, these hurdles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that if, if that's, you know, some of the things we can look forward to, then I'm, I'm I hope we, we, we get over this hump, you know, soon. Oh, we will. We will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's even just in the last couple of years, right. It's interesting to see how that conversation has shifted, right? Because there was a time where I think people were kind of ignoring and and, and shoving oh, the yeah. blockchain to the side, you know, just as a as a concept and, and as possibilities. It, I don't know. Uh, do you remember when emails were very difficult to even get set up, like an email address? And it was, right, right. <laughs> you know, it, it was a nightmare. And you know, I mean, now it's so it's so easy. You just have a mass user adoption. I and right. it's it's going to be the same way with blockchain tech. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right, because at that point, like, yeah, what else was there to do except kind of just wait and try to provide, you know, the best consumer experiences you could. So, oh, yeah, and that, that's, yeah, user experience. That's the number one thing for sure. That's where we'll get there. Yeah. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for, for joining us. I, I appreciate your time immensely. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. 
Have a good day.